Well, uh, we are entering the giving season. Christmas is only 19 days away. Can you believe that? Incredible. Well, in light of this, I am beginning a three-part series called Gifts. Say gifts. In this series, we're going to talk about what God has given to us. And then we're going to talk about what we can give to God. And then finally, we're going to talk about what we can give to others. How many of you like to receive gifts? You like to re- the rest of your lying. I said, how many of you like to receive gifts? Can you remember what Christmas was like when you were a kid? I know for some of us, that's a long time ago. But remember what Christmas was like as a kid. Man, I loved Christmas when I was a kid. It was, it was my favorite day of the year, man. I looked forward to it all year long. And one of the reasons why I look forward to Christmas and one of the reasons why I love Christmas so much as a kid is because my parents turned into people I hardly recognized in a good way. My mom and dad were were good people, Uh, but my parents were pretty serious people. Uh, They were very strict. They were very legalistic. That's the way they were raised. That's the way they raised us. Uh, there was not a lot of fun at our house. Uh, it was all serious, not a whole lot of affection, not a whole lot of demo- uh, demonstrating of their love. Uh, we were brought up, kids are to be seen and not heard. How many of you understand, understand that and maybe grew up a little bit like, like I did? Uh, we were given the basics like uh, food and shelter and clothes, but anything extra, we had to work in order to have money to buy it or pay for it uh, ourselves. Uh, I was a shoeshine boy in the fourth grade. Fourth grade, I'm, every Saturday I'm at the barber shop shining shoes. Uh, in the sixth grade, I became a paper boy. And for two or three years, I, I uh, rode a bicycle and threw, threw papers. I, I went through a couple of bicycles that I bought myself. From the age of 14, I, I bought most of my clothes. At 16, I bought my own car. I paid for my own car, bought my own insurance, paid for my own gas, paid for my own repairs. I didn't know what it was like to have daddy's credit card. Uh, All recreation and fun stuff, I paid for myself. I'm saying that to say this, but on Christmas, say on Christmas. (laughs) On Christmas, my parents turned into totally different people I didn't hardly even recognize. The gifts were stacked high in front of us. Uh, And we always got that one special thing that we wanted the most. We always seem to get it. How many of you like to receive gifts? Well, I've got good news for you today. And the good news is your heavenly father is a giver. I said your heavenly father is a giver. He loves to give gifts. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15 says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Yeah, God's gifts are too numerous to list. The Bible says that every good and every perfect gift is from above, comes down from the Father of light. So, according to the word of God, literally every single positive thing in life is a gift from God. 
Oh, I could stand up here for hours listing gift after gift after gift after gift, and I still would not exhaust the list of what God has given to us. Well, I have uh, decided to talk about three of the gifts that God has given to us. Three of the three million that we could talk about. How many glad we're not talking about three million this morning? Amen. The first one is his son. His son, the gift of his son. See, he is what this giving season is all about. The gift of Father God's one and only son, Jesus. Say Jesus. John 3, 16, the golden text of the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son that whoever would believe upon him would not perish but have everlasting life. Don't you just love this verse? We're talking about what God has given to us. He's given to us the gift of his son. Now, there are three things about this gift that are revealed in John chapter 3 and verse number 16. I want to share them with you this morning. The first one is, I want us to notice the motive behind this gift. The motive behind this gift. Have you ever had anyone give you a gift? Or have you ever had anyone to offer you a gift, but it was coming with an impure motive? I know of a certain church where a man offered to buy a $20,000 instrument for the church. He would personally purchase it with his own money, a $20,000 instrument for the church, if he were the only one allowed to play it. True story. His gift came with an impure motive. His gift was not a gift at all. It was a bribe. Thank God the pastor said, no thanks. What was God's motive behind the gift of his son, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world? He loved the world so much, John 3, 16 says, that he gave. Love was the motive behind God's gift. I don't know what your perception uh, of, of God is. Uh, perhaps you see him sitting on his throne like a judge. He's sitting there with a gavel in his hand, anxiously waiting the opportunity to pronounce judgment on you. Maybe that's how you see God. Or maybe you see him as a strict and stoic father who, who, oh, giving you that sternly father look. How many's ever had a sternly father look? You see him as, a, as that stoic, strict father giving you that fatherly, oh, stern fatherly look that says, you better straighten up or else. Maybe that's how you see God, but the truth of the matter is he loves you. He loves you. He cares about you. I don't know if God has one, but I believe that if God has a refrigerator, I think he's got your picture on it. I don't know if God carries a wallet, but if he does, he has a photograph of you. It is what God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. The motive behind his gift, the crazy love he has for us. But not only does this verse tell us about his motive, it also tells us about the measure of his love. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave, but what did he, what did he give? His one and only 
Son. God gave to us the very best that he had. He didn't go shopping for some blue light special or basement bargain. Oh, no. He gave man the best that he had. He gave us a portion of himself, his very own son. I'm your pastor, soon to be 18 years. I am your pastor. I love you. I love you with all of my heart. But you can't have my son. I won't give you I love you, but you can't have my son. I won't give up my son for you or my daughter. But God did. He loved us that much. Notice not only the motive and the measure, but notice also the mandate of his gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that everyone, say everyone, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. The gift of God's Son provides salvation to anyone and everyone who will believe in him and be willing to receive this free gift. I ask you this morning, have you believed in him? Have you believed in him? Have you placed your faith in God's wonderful gift so that you can be saved? Ephesians 2 and 8 that I read or or quote almost every single Sunday, for by grace are you saved, but it's through faith. Romans 10 and 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We're talking about what God has given to us. But not only has God given his son to us, another gift that God has given to us is the gift of his spirit. Luke chapter 11 and verse number 13 says, Jesus is speaking and Jesus says, your heavenly father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. If you'll read the gospels, you'll see Uh, that when Jesus would start talking to the disciples about his upcoming crucifixion, uh, resurrection, and ascension back into heaven, it would put the disciples into a tailspin and into a state of depression. They just couldn't fathom life without him being with them in the flesh. But Jesus told them that when he got back up to heaven, that his father would send them another gift. Just as the father sent him as a gift, that when he goes back to the father, the father will send them another gift. And that gift is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told them the Holy Spirit has been with you, but in the future he will be in you. And Jesus went on to say, he said, for the past three plus years, I have been your comforter. Oh, but at Pentecost, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will become your comforter. I want us to look at three things that we need to know and understand about the Holy Spirit. We talk a lot about the Father, we talk a lot about the Son, but so often the Holy Spirit is kind of left out. But we need to understand that just as much as the Father is God, just as much as as the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God as well. It's a little difficult to grasp and get your hands around, but they are three distinct persons, not three gods, but three distinct persons, but 
They are one in unity, one in fellowship, and uh, one in every other way. The Holy Spirit, first of all, I need to tell you, is a person. Three things you need to know about the Holy Spirit. First of all, the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a he, not an it. And some people talk about the Holy Spirit, they talk about, and they use it. It's, the Holy Spirit is not an it, the Holy Spirit is a he. John 14, verse 16 and 17, Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter who will never leave you. Jesus went on to say, he, say he. He, he is the Holy Spirit. So, the Holy Spirit is a person. Well, a person has a personality. A person has feelings. A person desires fellowship. And as a person, the Holy Spirit desires or has a personality, has feelings, and desires fellowship. Is the Holy Spirit a spirit? Yes, but he reveals himself as a person, just as Jesus did when he came to earth. Just as Jesus desires a relationship with us, so the Holy Spirit desires a relationship with us. We talk about Jesus wanting a relationship, but seldom do you hear anyone talk about the fact that the Holy Spirit, because he is a person, he desires fellowship with us as well. We should have fellowship with the Father. We should have fellowship with the Son. And we should have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Second thing we need to understand about the Holy Spirit is, and that is the Holy Spirit gives us power. Acts 1 and 8, Jesus said, you will receive power after. Say after. You shall receive power after. After what, Jesus? Well, Jesus said, after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Understand that everyone receives the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation. Pentecostal people need to understand that because sometimes we think that you receive the Holy Spirit when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. But everyone receives the Holy Spirit at salvation. Say at salvation. But there is a second experience. Say second. There is a second experience that we in Pentecost, we call the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That is our term for it. It is our way of explaining it. Second experience we call the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, this experience is available to every believer. Well, I thought you said every believer has the Holy Spirit. Well, every believer has the Holy Spirit. But there also is another measure or a baptism of the Spirit that is available to every believer. How many still tracking with me this morning? This experience is an endowment of power. An endowment or a baptism of power. And and we believe the evidence of this experience is speaking in tongues. It's not the only evidence, but it is what we call the initial physical evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit or the first outward sign or the first outward evidence. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 4 says, Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now, don't get all hung up on the tongues part. 
Don't get all hung up on the tongues part. The power is not in the tongue. The power is in the person of the Holy Spirit. Did you hear me? I said, the, don't get all hung up on the tongues. They are important. I believe they are the initial physical evidence. I believe they are the first outward sign or, or, or uh, proof that we have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. But don't get all hung up on the tongues part. The power is not in the tongues. The power is in the person of the Holy Spirit. The tongues is the evidence of this endowment of power. But not only is the Holy Spirit a person, not only does the Holy Spirit provide us with power, but the third thing I want you to know about the Holy Spirit, and that is the Holy Spirit is our partner. John 16 and 13 says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit wants to partner with us in every area of our life. He wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. He wants to direct us. Because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, he often gives us impressions. Have you ever had impressions? That's the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you. Because he lives on the inside of us, the Holy Spirit often gives us impressions, often gives us promptings. Go here. Go there. Do this. Do that. Say this, say that. Because he lives inside of us, he often sets, sets off warning bells and sirens off in our spirit. You ever had any warning bells, any, any sirens, any red lights flashing in your spirit? That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us, wanting to partner with us, telling us don't go there, telling us don't do that, telling us stay away, telling us keep out, telling us back away. Aren't you glad for the relationship, the partnership that we can have with the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is our partner. He's our partner every Sunday. Oh, before I leave my office, I have a little talk with the Holy Spirit. And I tell the Holy Spirit, I can't do this by myself. You'd think after 48 years it would be easier. It is not easier. It is harder. It is more difficult. Why? Because I know the responsibility that I have. I know. And also, in the day we live in today, man, you know, there was a day I could just say something and everybody just bought it, hook, line, and, line, and sinker. And today I say something, they're Googling to see if he's right. So you better have your facts right, buddy. Or you're going to be called on it after service. You'd think it'd be easier, but it's harder because I understand. I understand the responsibility that is placed upon my shoulders. No one loves this church more than I love it. Nobody carries the load of this church like I do. Nobody. And I'm not complaining. It's the way that it ought to be. It's not easier after 48 years. It's more difficult. It's, it's harder because I understand. I understand what it's all about. And, 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 and I know that I want, to be, I want to please God with the ministry that I offer. And so every Sunday before I leave my office, I have a little talk with the Holy Spirit, and I remind the Holy Spirit, I can't do this by myself. And I tell the Holy Spirit, if you don't go with me, I'm not going. I'm not going to face those people on my own. <laughs> Come on. I need your help, Holy Spirit. I need your presence. I need your anointing. I need your 
power. You're my partner. You're my partner, and I, I, I need you, Holy Spirit. Our series is entitled Gifts. Aren't you thankful for the gifts that God has given to us? Oh, the gift of his son. Oh, the gift of his spirit. And third, the gift of his saints. Yeah. The, God's got a sense of humor, doesn't he? Amen. The gift of his saints. Yes, yes, God's people are a gift to each other. It's sad to see people trash this gift when they should be treasuring this gift. Although we won't always agree with each other, we can still disagree without being disagreeable. Here's what I've learned. Diversity is what helps keep us balanced. I said diversity is what keeps us balanced. If it wasn't for diversity, we would be either too far left or we'd be too far right. We'd be too far in one direction or the other. But because of diversity, God uses diversity. We don't like diversity. But because of diversity, it keeps us balanced. Let me briefly just mention four purposes of the saints this morning. First of all, let me say the saints are for community. The saints are for community. See, God did not design us to walk the Christian journey alone. But he placed within us a desire for fellowship. A desire to live in community with other like-minded saints. Psalm 55 verse 14 says, What sweet fellowship we enjoyed as we walked together to the house of the Lord. I'm going to get out where angels fear to tread. But I've been there many times and lived through it. Sometimes I've been a little bloody at the end, but live streaming is great. Thank God. For live streaming. Hello? Live streaming is great when you are unable to come together publicly. But there's just something missing. I said there's just something missing. And it's the fellowship of the saints. And the Holy Spirit has prompted me to say that it's time for some. Say some. Some. Did I say all? The Holy Spirit has prompted me to say that it is time for some of the saints to come back to public worship. Not all. There is a segment of people, there are those who are immune compromised that should not come. They should shelter in place for their safety. I'm not referring to you. I'm talking about some who the Holy Spirit has already been talking to. The Holy Spirit has already been nudging. The Holy Spirit has already been impressing that it's time. I know I'll be criticized for this, but I've had this impression to say this several times, and today is the the first day I've had the guts to do it. 
What I'm saying is confirmation of what the Holy Spirit has already been wooing and talking and nudging and telling you it's time to do. If the Holy Spirit is not speaking to you, I'm not talking to you today. But there is a segment of people the Holy Spirit has been nudging and talking to and telling it's time to come back to public worship. And this is your confirmation today. Do you still love me? Well, everybody in here still loves me. You're here. All right. (laughs) The saints are for community. The saints are not only for community. Number two, the saints are for comfort. 2 Corinthians 1 and 4 says, God comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. Romans 12 and 15 says, to weep with those who are weeping. I love the story. I've told it many times, but I love the story of the little boy in the middle of the storm, who came into his mom and his daddy's bedroom and said, Daddy, Daddy, can I sleep in here with you? I'm afraid. I'm scared, Daddy. I'm scared of the storm. Can I sleep in here with you? And the daddy said, Son, it's just a storm. It's okay. Go back into your own bedroom and get in your own bed. Jesus will be in there with you. And the little boy said, But Daddy, right now, I need someone with skin on. I don't know about you, but sometimes I need someone with skin on. The saints are for comfort. Number three, the saints are for counsel. Proverbs 11 and 14 says, There is safety in having many advisors. Acts chapter 15 and verse number 28, the disciples said, It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. They had a council. They had a convention. They had a a meeting to figure out what they needed to do and some decisions that they needed to make. And with the counsel of one another and through the Holy Spirit, they said it felt, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. And then da-da-da is what we're going to do. When we have major decisions to make or when we are overwhelmed about a situation, we pray, absolutely. There's nothing more that you can do that is more important than pray. And I encourage you when you are overwhelmed, I encourage you when you have a a major decision to make, always, always, always pray. But we can also say also. We can also go to mature, say mature. We can also go to mature. And wise, say wise. Yes, we pray. More important than anything else, we pray. We seek the face of God. We find, try to find the direction of the Holy Spirit. But also, we can go to mature and wise saints. Saints that have, been, that have a proven track record in the area whereby we need help. We can go to them for counsel. We can save ourselves a lot of mistakes by borrowing some wisdom from saints that have some in the area where we need it. But not only are the saints placed in our lives for community and comfort and counsel, but also the saints are for celebration. Not only does Romans chapter 12 and verse 15 say to weep with those who are weeping, But it also says rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Here's what I've discovered, though. It's easier to find saints who will weep with you than to find saints who will rejoice with you. The truth of the matter is most will rejoice with you as long, say as long. Yes, they will rejoice with you as long as you don't pass them up. 
As long as you have less than they have. Oh, as long as your numbers are lower than their numbers. As long as your position is not over their position. As long as your award is below their award. They, they will rejoice with you, but, but, but very, very few possess the grace needed to celebrate you when you surpass them. Sad. So sad. We need to work on this area. The saints are for celebration. One of my very best pastor friends, one of the reasons, many reasons, but one of the main reasons he is my friend is because I know he'll weep with me when I'm weeping, but he will rejoice with me when I am rejoicing. He's never failed to be happy for me, even when my bonus was bigger than his or my crowd was bigger than his. That's a true friend. Weep with those that are weeping, but be willing to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Don't you appreciate the gifts that God has given to us? The takeaway for the message today is simply this. God's God's gifts to us are indescribable. 2 Corinthians 9 and 15 says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Father, I thank you. Oh, I thank you, God, for, Lord, the the, the many, 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 many gifts that you have given to us. In fact, your word says every good gift, every good thing and every... It's from above, Lord. Everything good in our life, God, every blessing, Father, Lord, is from you. And we thank you for your incredible, incredible gifts that you have given to your people. 